Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Today on the podcast, we got Rob Croyle. Hello. Jacob Croyle. Hey there. And myself, Logan. Coming at you with the first week of Advent, starting off the Christmas season. Finally, after much long waiting on my part, uh, it is now socially acceptable to play Christmas music. (laughs) Not that that stopped me all through the month of November, but now it is at least socially acceptable, and that will be all I will be banging out for the entire month of December. It also didn't stop you in the month of October. Uh, You know, I, I showed a little restraint in October. A little. A little. I usually didn't submit other people to it. Very little restraint, that's what I'm thinking. I showed a little restraint. Uh, I didn't put it on the church playlist for the pre-service in October, but November it might have crept in there. And by might have, I mean most definitely. But anyway, uh, let's start off shortcomings this week. We were not at the Hilton, so there were a couple of uh, couple of things that were a little wonky this week. Um but overall, good service. Uh, we we went and had our, our services at the Village Senior Residence and uh, had about about 20 of them join us. 22. 22 people come hang out with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whether they were down making cookies uh, with the kiddo, kiddo ministry or if they were, uh, which didn't have any kiddos in it other than Joy. Joy. Who, well, they was, thought she was Yeah, 13. they thought she was 13. So. Or younger. Or younger, so she, I I told her thank you for providing a middle school ministry for Mission Ridge. She didn't appreciate that. Um, but whether it was uh, down there with them or up in service with us, and uh, it was a it was a real good time, real good time. But uh, we were we were a little coming off of the week of Thanksgiving and uh, in a new new spot, set, trying a new setup, new location. It was uh it was a little rough around the edges, but it worked just fine. It was roughly right. It worked just fine. It Just was fine. so for me yesterday. Um, it's kind of a throwback to when I first cut my teeth on on ministry twenty years ago. I used to pastor some retirement homes, and w- one of them, one of the retirement homes was a memory care facility. And so, the fact that we were we had some of our folks engaging mm-hmm. with some some of the memory care folks and. Just some of the conversations that come out of that, you know, are just, um, there's some levity to the experience. Sure. Uh, apparently one of the, one of the folks or some of the folks didn't even wait for the cookie decorating. They just started going straight towards the, um, frosting mm. and, uh, like no cookie required. Um, you know, which is, I can combine that. <laughs> I mean, I think there's something about, um, people that are dealing with, uh, dementia and, and those kinds of issues where in some ways you see the real person, like, mm-hmm. isn't that what we really want to do is just go for the, just go straight at the frosting, go straight for the frosting. Another guy was told that he couldn't eat his cookie. Oh. And so he ate the cookie to the right yes <laughs> which again it's like okay i won't eat my cookie i'll eat 
Joe's cookie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that just cookie. like Perfect. there's um, so anyway, it, it, ministry in that kind of environment doesn't always go as planned, uh, which nope. is uh, which is fun. I think of I have real real fond memories. I remember this again. This is twenty years ago, but um, I was unfortunately I was leading worship. Um, yeah, the look on your the face is classic. The look of shock and dis- <laughs> oh, sorrow on my face. And so uh, this gal comes in. She wants to play the organ. Okay. And I'm like, that's that's fantastic. Like, usually this is a cappella. So, oh, no. So I'm like, hey, um, we're going to start off with uh, Jesus Loves Me. Okay. And so she starts playing, and she's into it. And I'm like, hold on, just one one second. I'm sorry. Um, did you know that we are singing Jesus Loves Me? Mm-hmm. She says, absolutely. And she starts playing again. And she is playing a tune that... <laughs> it's definitely not Jesus Loves Me. That Jesus Loves Me has never been sung to before nor since. Okay. All right. Uh, but it was, it was quite fun. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Yikes! So I'm very um, happy I can't remember any of that because I was too young. But so anyway, yeah, it was a lot of fun to just engage, you know, with that community, and they could be, um, I think, a forgotten community. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't that long ago that those folks would have been living with their family, like, sure, um, fifty years ago. Um, you didn't have the retirement communities that you have today. And, and to some degree, um, it provides folks with autonomy and, and the ability to still move around and, mm-hmm. and, and yet receive the, the care that they need. And I think that's a good thing. And, but, but the flip side is there's less contact within their family of origin or family that they created. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it, it's challenging. So it's, they were the folks at the village senior residence. They were fantastic. They were engaging. Um, I really enjoyed meeting them yesterday. And it was a good time. Celebrating Jesus with them. So, good stuff. So, uh, in the sermon, we we're talking about traditions. We started off kind of setting traditions. this. Yeah setting off this tone for Advent of uh, comparing and contrasting the ancient and the modern and, and tying it all together. Um, so I thought it'd be, be, be a fun way to start off the podcast here if we talk a little bit about, about our traditions, um, yeah. that our personal traditions and what we do, you know, what, what, is, what rings in Christmas for us, uh, specifically like what starts off, what kicks off the, the Christmas season. So Jacob, what, what kicks off the Christmas season for you? Um, well, for my family, uh, traditionally we decorate, uh, Black Friday. Uh, this year ended up being Thanksgiving day, just, uh, people's schedules and how, how stuff worked out. Um, but that's, that's always the start of it. And I feel like that's a fairly common one. That's when a lot of people will start decorating. Yep. Um, one of the other things is... Uh, we do an advent where every day uh, in December, um, 
And, and this was more consistent when we were kids. But we'd uh, we'd have to go, and we had this like quilt calendar thing. Yeah, with yeah. little pockets. Um, <laughs> and each in each of the pockets is a verse that my mom wrote out, which uh, early on, um, even when we were able to read. We still weren't able to read them because it was mom's handwriting. <laughs> Zing. She got she got a lot better about that. But uh piece of candy. Hmm. Um since then, uh like now, or probably for the past five years, um, it's been hard to get all of us uh in front of that thing at the same time. Mm. So now it's almost like this weird individual pilgrimage where I'm sure some people avoid it or don't do it every day. Mm. Um but, but the candy still goes. The, stand, the candy always goes. <laughs> Sometimes it seems to disappear at a rate higher than... Um, Faster than Advent goes through? <laughs> huh. Yeah. Uh, a strange occurrence. You know, uh, I'm just going to chalk that up to generosity. Oh. <laughs> That's probably not what it is. But uh, <laughs> People being very generous towards themselves. Yeah, so I agree with your assessment. But Jeez. but <laughs> but I still I still enjoy going in... And and reading it and uh, and the candy is also a nice benefit, but uh, it, it is kind of nice going through the story, one piece at a time. I actually went and tried to look for it yesterday, but I don't think we had any yet. Yeah, it should have been ready yesterday. I know that we picked up candy, so I'll have to talk with my bride to figure <laughs> out. Mm. Mom is probably just busy. There but you go. There I you know go. she's thinking about it. it, it what's interesting is that. That's a tradition that that Christy has brought to her family. Um, that wasn't something that we did as a family when I was growing up. So I love that she brought that in. Um, I don't know if we'll talk about all of her. F- how does Christmas start for you? You know, for me personally, I start listening to a Christmas list of music right around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I kind of daily basis, I turn that thing on. Sure. And I find, uh, for me in the morning, I, I I start off with worship music when I'm reading my scri- scriptures, when I'm taking time for my personal study. And I, my Christmas list is expanded enough that it's, it's not all that worshipful anymore. Like there's some pop mm. tunes in there too. So I can't quite listen to it during that time because it, it doesn't set the right vibe for me. Um, mm. But I wanted a larger selection of Christmas music for, for those days where we're just hanging out at the house and, sure, and sure. I'm just playing a larger list. I thought about making a subset list that was more worshipful because there are yep. some of those songs are really impact me and and boy I was taken back to realize that some of those lyrics that we were singing yesterday 17 centuries old yeah that is fantastic that we're singing some of the same songs or or at least the same lyrics the same words and celebrating Jesus the same way that you know in in particular you know the Protestant church mm-hmm. You don't have connection to um, the ancient, the ancient like yeah. you do in, in other traditions, you know, like the Catholic Church or, mm-hmm. or even maybe the Lutheran Church, you know, who are centuries yeah. old. 
Yeah, it's, uh, the further the further you go off down the line of you follow the breaks and the splits through the Protestant, you know, through the Protestant Reformation, you know, the Lutherans are probably probably the closest to the Catholics and as far as the the liturgical and all of that. There's a couple other ones that I would say probably, you know, uh, have some deep roots. Have some deep roots, yeah. Uh, the Anglican Church and stuff like that. Um, Orthodox probably would I'd throw them in there too. But uh, yeah, the further off down, and and then you you know you get into the evangelical sort of churches, which we we would qualify as an evangelical church. Yep. Um, so you get into those, and a lot of times we we just don't we don't have those deep roots. We've we've cut ties with them for whatever for whatever reason, whether it be a theological issue or a uh, more often than not, it's just a. a something that gets left beside the side of the road when you're cutting ties and going through a church split and you're like, well, we don't want to do that anymore because that's how they did it, you know? Well, something uh, that comes down to a decentralized approach to uh, managing church management. Sure. You know, so the Catholic Church is centralized in their management structure. In Mm -hmm. other words, everything is dictated from Rome. Um where non-denominational churches have a tendency to be decentralized, which means each local church has its own ruling... uh, Yeah, autonomy, ruling body. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with that, I mean, there's uh, some goods and bads to that solution. You know, you get to be a little more responsive to um, your, your culture... Uh, the ethos of your region and uh, your town and, you know, those kinds of things. But you do lose that connectivity to the ancient, mm-hmm. which is why, as a church, we try to bridge that gap. On, on the one hand, we want people that have never heard a hymn in their life to be able to come in and understand the lyrics, understand the language, to mm-hmm. be able to engage... Uh, and so a lot of our worship songs are written in that format mm-hmm. that, um, you know, and I think we were talking about earlier today that um, a lot of the songs in the in the hymnals shared tunes of songs that were sung, oh, yeah. sung in the bars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, real common. Real common. For that to be the case, uh, in fact, there was one. I was just looking at this last week. Uh, a friend of mine mentioned the favorite hymn was "Canticle of the Turning," which and then I was like, "Oh, I gotta go look that one up." So I looked it up, and it had been a long time since I'd heard that one. I think I'd heard. I think I had heard the actual hymn, but uh, it's actually from an old Irish folk tune. Oh wow! That I was much more familiar with. I'm like, I know this. Like, I know the melody. Right, because I know the Irish folk tune. Right, um, but the and the lyrics, I was like, okay, no, and it's the same melody, it's the same feel of the song, but they just took this and they take this Irish folk tune, um, and they, you know, you put your hymn to it, which so the church is not been, a bad way to do it. Church it's, has been doing this for thousands of years, oh yeah. and it's yet like today in, in kids ministry, uh, the first time I ever heard All Star was a Jesus version. Hey now, you're an all star. Yeah, get your game on. Go pray. I don't. I don't know. 
So uh, church, church has been doing this for thousands yeah. of years, but yep. today we go, hey, we can't do that. We need to, <laughs> we can't meet culture where culture's at. That'd be terrible. That's a terrible idea. And to some degree, we've gotten more creative about it. We actually make new songs, right? Uh, And and we use, like, modern ways of making the songs. But it's not like like that where it's like... Yeah, you're using... We're not just taking a song. We're not doing a Baby Shark worship song. (laughs) I think we should do the Baby Shark Mass. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) do Do with that what you will. But anyway... So how's Christmas start for you? Uh, Christmas starts early for me. In my family, they usually put up Christmas lights on October thirty first. Nice. Uh, this is a this is both pra- pragmatic and also just because it it makes you know it's 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 fun and we like Christmas lights. But because it's warmer and it usually hasn't snowed by that point down down at home, so it's much safer to be up traipsing around on the roof to put the lights up. They usually won't light them up until until later on. But uh, and my brother would often set up the tree in my house on October 31st because I usually mm. didn't want to put up a tree because it's a lot of work. And I'm all about like the music and stuff, but not actually all about decorating because right. maximum minimal effort, I guess. There you go. Um, <laughs> but he would usually sneak in and put up a tree just to irritate me, which then kind of became a, a fun little tradition. So that was good. Um, but uh, yeah, and then we once November hits, especially growing up doing music, like November is all about Christmas music for me. Mm. So I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm listening for new stuff. I'm working on Christmas music. I'm getting in, I'm thinking about, you know, what, you know, if I'm planning out Christmas and stuff like that, uh, I, I'm thinking about that stuff. I'm plotting presents for people sometimes. Um, I usually don't get them until the last minute, but I've been thinking about them for a long time. Nice. Uh, so that's always good. Uh, that's, yeah, as far as Christmas starting, it doesn't have a, it kind of just, it, it ramps up from October 31st and it just kind of accelerates until you're at a full sprint come the week of Thanksgiving. So where um, most of us do a tithe towards Christmas where we spend a month thinking about it. Yeah. You do a double tithe. I do a double tithe for yeah. sure. Yeah. For that's sure. But, you know, I, I enjoy it. And it also, it, it carries down on the backside of Christmas too. Like it'll be January, mid January before I kind of peter off on the Christmas music. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm like, I'm not done listening Triple to Rumpa. Tithe. I'm not done. I'm not done listening to Rumpa Pum Pum. Like I like that. I want to oh. hear that again. Best song. Just keep coming, oh man. Keep coming, Emmanuel. That's that's all I need. Just, yeah. Just just keep coming at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's I don't know. It's. And it's different because I'm, you know, I'm living on my own now. I'm not at home with family. So we, they did usually decorate right after Thanksgiving um, and put up all the indoor decorations and stuff. But uh, it's, it's different being off on my own and I'm starting to figure out, okay, what, well, you know, what traditions do I, what am I going to do? I get to establish all on my own now. So, yes. Yep. That, and for me, it's interesting because we take, things that we liked and or didn't like, you know, it's telling to me that your your family puts up lights October 31st because for you, like as long as I've known you for the last five years, um, like October 31st is the day that Christmas music starts. Yep. And, and so this, 
And I don't know if that's the whole reason, but that there's got to be some other reason why. Definitely, you yeah, know, that's the, they're definitely tied together. Yeah, they're definitely tied together. So, and I'm excited to see how my kids create their own traditions. Mm-hmm. You know, and because it'll, it'll tell us like what was significant. You know, um, we have a tradition that that I inherited from my parents we moved around a lot and we were away from our extended family which is always really significant to us uh at christmas time mm. and so there was there's was a period of time where we're in oregon and we're away from all our family down california and our family in washington and during that time period we started opening presents early now we always kind of open presents a little bit early even when i was when even when we were close to family, mm-hmm. uh, my dad would be like, "We don't know when Jesus was born, so maybe he was born on the twenty fourth, not the twenty fifth. We should open presents, you know." And and so we would. Uh, I remember as a little kid, like six, seven, eight. I'd be like, "Hey, Jamie, my co- you know, my cousin Jamie, what'd you get for Christmas?" Like, I don't know. Christmas is tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But but in Oregon, that one day, two day slip became like a seven day slip. Mm-hmm. And there was a there was one time where we were exchanging our gifts while people were still buying gifts and 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 sizing things and and <laughs> and, and the store was like mad because they're like, it's not even Christmas, like. <laughs> That's funny. I dig it. I dig it. We tried that with our family, like when Jacob was three or four, and we opened presents early, a week early. Yep. And Christy felt so... um, Her conscience was just... (laughs) Just ate her up. (laughs) So she had to go buy more presents. Yeah, she felt so guilty oh. that she had to go buy more presents, and and her kids got two Christmases that year. Shoot, dang! Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So I feel like that should have been the new tradition. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not bad. It's like a double tithe. That's not bad for a tradition. I like that. Cool, cool. Well, let's uh, let's dive into a little bit of footnotes fodder here. Um, you mentioned you talked about in the sermon. Uh, you mentioned said we talk about this some. The parable of the talents. Yeah, so that comes into play. Um, we read Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. This is in the last week of uh, Christ's uh, life on earth, just before he was uh, betrayed. And he says, But concerning the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son. But the Father only. Now, he's he's saying this in response because um, his disciples in Matthew twenty four verse three says, "Tell us when these things uh, will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age." And so, f- between verse three and thirty six, Jesus talks about some. Um, he uses some eschatological end time uh, imagery. Mm-hmm. But that's not how he ends the conversation. 
In fact, he spends more time talking about the fact that you don't know when he'll return, and so be ready. And so Matthew 24, 36 through 44, he says to be ready. And then Matthew 24, 45 through 51, he talks about the faithful and wise servant and the unfaithful servant. And so he's saying, be doing the tasks that have been assigned to you. Mm-hmm. Matthew 25, 1 through 13 is the parable of the 10 virgins with their jars of oil. Uh, Matthew 25, 14 through 30 is uh, the, the parable of the talents. And then 25, uh, 31 through 46 is the judgment of the sheep and the goats. And so those are the five different ways that Jesus says be to, ready. to be ready. Uh, five being significant because in the Jewish mind, five represents... Torah. Torah. Okay. Um, now, if you think about the ten virgins with their jars of oil, what does oil represent? I don't know if I know that one. Oil is one of the pictures for... Um, the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And so five of them had their jar full, five of them do not have their jar full, and it doesn't last. Mm. So maybe Jesus is saying, hey, you're going to need the Holy Spirit in your life. Got to be filled up. Got to be filled up. Hmm. And then Matthew, uh, well, with the parable of the talents, the one servant is provided with five talents, the second servant is provided with two talents, the third servant is provided with one talent. The, par- the servant with the five talents, he invests his talents, mm-hmm. and he gains five more. The, the, the one with the two talents invests his talents, and he gains two more. And the third servant says this. Um, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you do not sow, and gathering where you scatter no seeds. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. Hmm. So he's afraid of the master. Well, again, numbers are not just quantitative in the Jewish mind. They're qualitative, and so the five represents Torah or all the scriptures. When you say Torah, the Jews think of all the scriptures. Yeah. The two represents the two tablets, mm-hmm. which represents the Ten Commandments, the commandments of God. One, in the Jewish mind, represents... God. God. And so, let's say you know there's a God, but you're afraid of Him. Do you serve Him? Do you engage the way he wants you to engage? The servant with the one talent knew there was a God, but he was afraid of him. Uh, His assumptions about him were, I think, largely incorrect. (laughs) Hmm. Um, And he really didn't change. He didn't shape his life around the fact that there was a God. In fact, 
he thought there was a God, but he was afraid of God and, and really just kind of wanted to didn't want that relationship. Just wanted to hide this. Okay. The servant with the two talents, that's that's the the, law. the laws yeah. of God. That's that servant said, Yeah, I'm gonna engage. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get with this, I'm gonna live this out, I'm gonna double it. Yeah, I'm not, this is going to shape my life. God's yeah. laws are going to shape my life. Hmm. But the person with five talents, which is the most celebrated of all the servants, says, I'm going to look at all of Scripture, and I'm going to let all of Scripture shape my life. Hmm. And in this way, Jesus is saying, be ready. Hmm. Interesting. Be ready. And then, then you have the judgment of the sheep and the goats, and Jesus is talking about how your relationship with Christ is supposed to change the way you see the rest of the world and how you engage with the rest of the world and whether or not you're willing to um, visit people in, in prison, visit people in the hospital, mm. take care of people's needs. In this way, again, this is another way that we are to be ready. I dig it. Huh. That's a... I had never thought about that parable in that light. I really... Huh. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. I dig it. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's fight. Let's get into a knockdown drag out over the date of the birth of Jesus. Um. I, I don't think we actually could, but we could try. We could try. <laughs> Jacob, fight me. I, I mean, think it was actually on December 26th. Fight me. I don't think there's even that much debate about it, <laughs> from my understanding. Uh, there's probably some fringe people that are like, no, it is December 25th. Other yeah, than, there's... No, there, I think it's becoming more and more accepted that, no, that's not actually... Uh-huh. Um, I think the, the common one that I've heard is that it's sometime in September. I've heard September. I've heard spring. I've okay. heard. I've heard a few different things. And then, uh, so then what? So Rob, you talked about this a little bit um, of where where we get December twenty fifth. There's some there's some theories, mm-hmm. and the scriptures don't really give us a lot of clues. Uh, the clues that we have, and and there's actually uh, a theory that. If you look at John the Baptist and when John the Baptist would have been born uh, mm-hmm. in relation to when John the Baptist's dad was serving, and we do know, we do have records, and we know when John the Baptist's father was serving in the a, temple. In the temple. Sure. Okay. So we have enough information to know that when John the Baptist would have been born and Jesus being born six months later or pregnancy being six months off of of John the Baptist, that mm. actually puts the birth more likely uh, in September for Jesus, unless, um, and I'm 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 losing. I have I can't remember John the Baptist's dad's name. What's it? Zachar? Wasn't it Zachariah? Yeah, sounds right. That does sound right. I'm so. Sure John Baptist's parents, you know, assuming that they went and, 
and consummated their relationship immediately after he was serving in the temple, um, then Jesus would have been born in September. If they waited a few months because he wasn't talking to her and she, and therefore she wasn't talking to him, <laughs> then, then it could have been later. Okay. Yeah, it is a career. Yeah. Me remembering Bible trivia. So rare, so rare. Savor this, people. Savor this. That Logan remembered something. Uh, yeah. And then, I, you know, I don't know. It. I don't think. For me, it's never bugged me. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, December twenty fifth, and I don't know. Then there's 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 a whole push that I've become aware of in the last probably five six years or so of people that oh, well, it's just a pagan holiday and. It's not even you know, and then but then you know, and it's it that always that argument always comes up uh, when people are fighting over the color of their Starbucks cups or something like that. Yeah. Um. But for me, I I like I like the idea of taking the pagan holiday. Like, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna go and be a church that's up in, in you know the 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 shticks up in England and you know, medieval times up there in Europe, and we're going to take all of these pagans, and they already have this this midwinter solstice, right? right. They're, they're going to celebrate the midwinter solstice, and why wouldn't you just come in and say, like, oh, you're celebrating your gods? Well, let me tell you about my god. Let yeah. me tell you about... Oh, let me tell you about the birth of my god. Oh, yeah, no, he was born midwinter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... We don't know when he's born. It doesn't really matter. It's like, how, how am I going to reach this community of people? And so taking on their traditions and blending them with your own, I don't see that as a bad thing. I see that as a very positive and a very Christian thing to do. Sure. Like I, I see Jesus doing that in the scriptures. He reached people where they were at. Mm-hmm. He did. And, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, just the language that Jesus used uh, that we see in the book of John that that the disciples would not have necessarily recognized when Jesus was using this language. Mm-hmm. But when John records it, now that he has moved up into uh, Asia Minor, the Asia Minor, yeah. you know, which is modern day Turkey, now that he understands like the Greek mythology that Jesus was was addressing and how Mm-hmm. How, you know, and John captures it perfectly. Where, where a sentence would have equal impact to both the Greek and the Jew, because he uses language that both would recognize. Yep, yep. And and Jesus says he's the light of the world. So, you know, when they're worshiping, when they're when they're looking and longing for the light of the world to return in this mid or late December uh, worship. Mm-hmm. And the Christians are there like, oh, 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 let me tell you. Let me tell you. And it's not just, and, and this one's not, and, and Jesus isn't angry. Yeah. You know, like the whole, the whole old and, you know, the, oh yeah, the Odin running around. Yeah, it sounds like Krampus. <laughs> cranky, yeah. cranky. This is, the, this is the this is the the black demon of Christmas that's going to come get you if you're bad. Yeah. 
Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about a good, gracious God. Yep. I think, and I think there's sometimes where it really depends on how we're using our traditions. Like, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the like elf on the shelf thing. You know, like. Oh yeah. The like. I think that one's funny. Big brother approach to Christmas. Oh man, it's so fun. Where it's like, you better, you better be, you better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. If you're not perfect, that elf is watching you. He'll he knows tell Santa. when you are sleeping, <laughs> and he knows when you're awake. And um, his name is Alexa. Alexa, Alexa, do Christmas. <laughs> um, Alexa, have I been good this year? <laughs> Amazon is. <laughs> Jeez, I mean uh, that. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and like there can be definitely some very, like we, we gotta be careful not to be like consumerist about how we celebrate Jesus' birthday. Like, yeah, I think that's and that's a, a line there. That's definitely a a temptation. Yes, that we can run into, um, with 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 all of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, th- on the flip side, to get angry about it or to just completely boycott. Like there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing wrong with giving people presents. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. Like about that. that's a really cool thing to do. Yep. Like why shouldn't you do that? Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think one of the helpful things is actually to try to work in, like doing stuff for people that aren't just your family during Christmas. Yeah. Um, there was one year where, uh, at least I'm trying to remember who was there, but at least my father, my brother, and I, uh served breakfast at uh a homeless shelter hmm. on Christmas morning. Oh, that's kind of fun. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And like it was a big deal to them like you know, like dad said we don't always do Christmas on Christmas morning. Sure. <laughs> so it didn't it wasn't that big a deal to us, but it was a big deal to them where like wow, you're you're taking time out of like the one day a year Christmas. Like Christmas yeah. like every like that's one of the few days where like everything is closed on you yeah, know, in the U.S. for the most oh, part, that's yeah. uh, like the one day almost no one works, essentially, and yet yeah. you're here and you're you're serving us food. Yeah, um, we weren't able to turn that into a tradition. It would've been awesome if we could have, uh, but it's hard to turn something like that into a tradition. There's not that many serving opportunities on Christmas morning. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I, I think that's an important aspect of making it not just not just. Uh, giving gifts to people you know already, but, like, sure. how do we give gifts to people that, like, we don't know? How do yeah. we serve other people? Yeah. No, that's a that's an aspect. Or people maybe that are on the fringe of your... I mean, it doesn't have to be sure. a stranger. It could just... Like, this can just be the people that are on the fringe of your social circle, maybe. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I it's mean... It's always a... This is a college town. Some people can't go home for Christmas. Uh, sure. You know, mm-hmm. keep an eye out for something like that and be like, hey, you want to join our family? We're doing this thing. Um... Yeah, hey, what do you do for Christmas? Oh, you're going to be able to do that this year? You're not? Well, what do you do you want to come over? Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's always No, that's that's for sure. That's for sure a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and I, I mean the it's it's all of this tying back in with the this ties back in with the traditions theme yeah. of, you know, what what sort of traditions Rob left this with the the implication this week was, you know, what sort of traditions are you creating? Yeah. You know, what sort of, what kind of story are you telling with the traditions that you're creating? Are you telling this story about who your savior is? Yeah. Um and how are how are you going to use those traditions to point people to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um and so as we go through this whole advent season, 
um, I think it's important that we continue to talk about, we continue to think about and dwell on what are, what are we doing with our traditions? Where do our traditions come from? Why do we celebrate on the 25th, right? Instead exactly. of the 22nd or the middle of July, like mm-hmm. why, why do we, why is that? And, and whether or not it's a bad thing, good thing, indifferent, doesn't really matter. Um, you know, wherever you land on this, just to be cognizant of what am I doing to point people to Jesus this Christmas season, this exactly. Advent season as we're going through this? How can I, how can I help pull people closer to the, closer to our Savior? So good stuff there. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here, but uh, we'll see you guys again next week on another episode of Footnotes. And uh, if you catch this before this Sunday, we got our worship night. Sunday evening. Uh, We've got a a Mission Ridge Christmas tradition we're starting of cutting down Christmas trees on, uh, that's coming up on on Saturday, the December 7th, I believe, the Christmas tree jamboree. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're going to go out and hunt some Christmas trees, and uh, hopefully we'll be more successful hunting Christmas trees than I was hunting deer. But uh, it'll be a good time. I think it would be hard for us to miss a tree that hard. You know... (laughs) The trees don't run away from you. That's That's all I got to say. But anyway, uh, so glad that you could join us today, and we will catch you next time. Peace. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge Podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed. And that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.